How can congregations encourage parents, grandparents, and godparents to celebrate milestones in a child's faith walk? What can congregations do to partner with the home? Join us today as I interview Jill Hestead and Krista Young on the topic of celebrations, milestones, and family ministry. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. With me in the studio is Krista Young. Krista is the director of youth and family ministry for Ascension Lutheran Church here in St. Louis. Welcome, Krista. Thank you. And on the phone lines is Jill Hestead. She is the Director of Family Ministry for Zion Lutheran Church in Belleville. Welcome, Jill. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today as we talk about celebrations, milestones, and family ministry. Jill, let's start with you as we uh, talk about congregations partnering with the home. Why is that so important? Well, first of all, we want to make it easy for parents to, to keep their promises, the promises they made at the baptism of their child, to, uh, to teach their child about the faith and bring them to worship and uh, to always remember their baptismal vows. So um, we want to make it easy for families because families have a tough job. They're mm-hmm. busy. They're being pulled in all sorts of different directions. And, of course, our culture is always challenging them. Yeah, very much. So whatever we can do to uh, bring families together so that they can connect uh, not only in their own home, but uh, with other families facing the same struggles and uh, connect with Jesus and the larger faith community. Okay, great. And Krista, what about you? Just kind of the same question. Why should the congregation partner with the home? Well, I think of two things. The first thing I think of is um, recently um, I was listening to a tape by George Barna, and he was saying that by age 13, our young people have their values set in stone. And so, um, you know, we can't just let our kids grow up and choose for themselves. They need to have some foundations to, to make that choice. And secondly, you know, it kind of falls back to what God's Word says. You know, this is for, and it's right in the front of our catechism, for the head of the household to teach their children. And it's God's promise, and it's our, it's our responsibility and privilege as parents to be able to teach our children to the faith. And so I think the congregation needs to equip and empower parents to do that um, and celebrate that with them. So The concept, yes, we understand we need to help the families, but the process can't be as easy. Uh, because as we think of family ministry, we understand it isn't just about parents with young children, but it's from the womb to the tomb. And as a person or persons involved in family ministry in the congregation, the the job has to be absolutely overwhelming at times. Well, what we really did is build on some of the great things that congregations already do and some of the great programs that have been in place um, in Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod for, for years. And uh, one of those is certainly a cradle role kind of ministry where we uh, make sure that uh, people who are going to have a baby um, are connected very quickly to, to uh, that process as soon as the baby is born. We also have a baptism class that we hold um, two, we're a big church, so we do a lot of baptisms, so two weeks uh, in a month, two Tuesday nights in a month, uh, we usually offer a baptism class for anybody who's going to be having a baptism in the coming weeks. And uh, so we teach them the background uh, that they need as parents to know about 
baptism, information about choosing a sponsor, uh, information about what the ceremony is going to include, and uh, and then also as soon as the baby arrives, they're co- connected to um, you know mailings that go to their homes regularly, uh, little booklets and uh, children's ministry information. Wonderful, wonderful. I think that's great. I know some of the churches do these baptism uh, kind of Bible studies, and I think that that's really critical. But the other thing we recently did um, was the faith chess. There's um, volunteers in our congregation who work with wood who made, took the um, the plan for the faith chess from... Um, Dick Cardell's yeah, website. right, yeah. but we shrunk it down, and oh. so it's, I don't know how to explain it, it's like maybe... Smaller. Right, and so, and it's this beautiful oak box with a cross on the front on the top of it and um, our intention was to give those to all of the children that were baptized but then when when the cost kind of mounted and budgets and things so now what we do is we make them available and we encourage families who might be looking for gifts grandparents or godparents might be looking for gifts for that child and so um, we've made those available and we've had some families buy them for for bat for baptisms but also for confirmations and different times yeah, in their life sure, so sure. um and they're just a beautiful um i think a beautiful addition and a way to keep kind of all the memorabilia and the um the things that will help tell the story of my faith when i grow up sure so. at each of the milestones or stepping stones we have emphasized the importance of gifting mm-hmm. and of a, a spoken or written blessing that parents give or write for a child uh, that they can keep and remember at each of the milestones. When you say milestones and gifting, what, explain a little bit more what that is. We originally got our idea off the Internet from Rich Melheim, and, and he had planted the seed of faith stepping stones uh, six times between, six or eight times between the time a child is baptized and graduates from high school, that as a whole congregation, you bring families together and bring them into worship as a group, and uh, remember the baptismal vows, and the parents give a gift, uh, sometimes that is supported by the congregation, and write a blessing or speak a blessing to that child as they reach different faith stepping stones in their life. And then um, a similar program, slightly different bent, is Milestones, which comes from Augsburg Youth and Family Ministry, and that has a few more intermediate steps in it and celebrates things like the first time you drive and some Mm. other milestones. So a lot of our churches, and my church as well, are using some of these in adapted forms Mm -hmm. to fit our our Lutheran theology and and some of the uh, other unique things. I mean, you have to adapt it to your uh, own situation, the size of your congregation. Let me just, before we move on, mention that Webster Gardens Lutheran Church does the um, the faith chest, but they have found lumber yards that will donate the lumber mm. to them, which s- keeps the cost down. And then their members that are carpenters or like that type of thing put them together. I love the concept of the faith chest, and uh, it doesn't have to be a chest. It could be a jewelry box. It could be you know anything, but just a place that you put these things. What would you do? What what is or what is the first milestone that you use, Krista? first one that we did when I got there was um, entry into Sunday school, and that's for three- and four-year-olds. And we have Sunday school for parents and twos, but um, the three-year-old is when our kind of big kid Sunday school starts. And so we do an open house for um, the three-year-olds and their parents, and they kind of get to come in and see the teacher and, 
you know, punching cookies. And then, and then for the next two weeks, the parents come away, um, they drop their kid off at that, at that class and get them used to that. And then they come away with me um, for a parent discussion time for two weeks. And the first week is just kind of a baptism overview. And again, we go back to, back to our hymnal and say, these are the vows we made at baptism and how, you know, this is what we promised. How are we doing? How's it going? Some of those kinds of questions. And then the second week, we do kind of a Bible overview and um, spiritual development for a three- and four-year-old. Cute questions they might ask. How do you explain the difference between God and Jesus for a three- and four-year-old? And then the gift that we give, um, the families then write a blessing. It, right in the very front, we give them the Children's Beginner's Bible. And the, the parents write a blessing right in the, in the front of that Bible. And then that's our gift then or their gift to their child, then the fourth week, we all come forward um, before the altar and promise, and, and the child says, you know, mom and dad, will you read this Bible to me? And the parents promise, yes, we'll read this Bible to you and, and teach you about God's word. And so then we've given them this physical Bible, but really the gift that we've given them is how to read the Bible with your child sure. and, and maybe Learning even some, yeah, some family time that's, that's based around God's word. Jill, do you do that same type of thing? Absolutely. You know, the most important thing there in terms of connecting people is we do, uh, like Krista does, we send a mailing and follow up with phone calls mm-hmm. to every parent, active or inactive, oh, of every child in that age group. And we make sure they've got a strong invitation, welcome uh, from the church, a very positive message that this is a way that they could uh, bless their child and participate in something very special as a family. Wonderful. I'm so glad you said active and inactive and following up with telephone calls because too many times the family ministry programs may only reach the ones that are already very active mm-hmm. in the church. So what a important ingredient in this whole process. And the other thing that Krista said is they just started with one mm-hmm. stepping stone. And that's what we did, too. We started at the other end uh, because at the time I was doing youth and family ministry, too, and so we started with high school. But our goal was to add one a year till we had about six uh, milestones in place or stepping stones. Wonderful. And, Jill, right now, how many milestones do you have in place at Zion? We have five. Five of them. Tell us what they are. Baptism, entry into Sunday school, first Bible, which is at the end of second grade where they get their first real Bible, uh, confirmation, and then uh, as they exit high school, we call it the graduate blessing. Well, Krista told me to make sure I ask you about the graduate blessing. So I want to jump all the way forward just uh, and ask you, what, what does that involve? Well, once again, um, targeting both active and inactive families, active and inactive uh, 18-year-olds in the spring, in April, uh, as it gets closer to their high school graduation we invite all of those, uh, first of all, all the parents to a one evening for high school. Uh, we just do one evening night, and they come for dessert. We have uh, other parents who have had uh, 18-year-olds graduate from high school before and have maybe experienced several uh, rites of passage from uh, the teen years into young adult years there, and we have those there so that they can be a panel to answer questions, talk about what are some of the challenges coming up as you seek to be a coach or a shepherd for faith of an adult child. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, we give them a chance to uh, talk with one another and to make a blanket for their child. Now, these are stadium blankets, usually a solid color, 
because it's become such um, uh, a, a tradition now at our congregation after six or seven years, some people are making special quilts or doing big bath towels or whatever. But the idea is some kind of a blanket that they have personalized for their child. Uh, some families just do simple acrylic paint handprints of all the family members. And, you know, we did that uh, for our oldest uh, son, who's now 22, uh, and his grandparents, uh, you know, all put their handprints on that oh, blanket. Oh, how and, neat. And, uh, you know, his my mother is no longer alive, and I, I love looking at that handprint. Yeah. But uh, anyway, then um, they each parent writes a blessing for their child. And, you know, that isn't easy because at 18, sometimes that's a conflicted time with mm-hmm. your child. They're breaking away. Uh, you've had some struggles over rules and relationships. And, uh, but, but this is a chance to envision a positive spiritual future for your child to really uh, pass the baton to them. And uh, so parents write beautiful blessings, and then they bring the blanket to worship. Uh, their children come with them, and during one point in worship, they come up. And because the, the parents don't want to talk in public, mm-hmm. the pastor says, when you were a baby, your parents brought you to the waters of baptism. They had you wrapped in a blanket oh. to keep you warm, and they brought you to baptism because they wanted this congregation and this family, the spiritual family, to help keep you wrapped in God's love. And now that you're 18 and you're getting ready to leave your family home or go away to college or go to the military or, you know, start off in life, um, we want you to know that you're still wrapped in God's love and you take that with you. And then the parents hand the blanket and there's not a dry eye in the house. I was just going (laughs) to say, I bet there isn't. That's powerful. I love that. I've never heard of that before. It is powerful. And uh, we stole the idea, so people are welcome to steal it from us. But um, what happens is we've had uh, kids go to the military and after boot camp have their parents send the blanket to them. Uh, We have kids take the blanket with them to college. We have kids throw the blanket in the back of their truck, you know, and and it's just a a blanket that's kind of a utility blanket for them. But every time they pull that out, they they know that there is not only their family, but a spiritual family uh, behind them and Mm -hmm. surrounding them and praying for them. And reminding them Mm -hmm. of that love and the passing on of the faith, which is so biblical Mm -hmm. and such a powerful information. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm so, I've never heard that one before. And I love that you're doing that. I'd love to be there and see this. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six, Being an Everyday Missionary. To request a complimentary copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness to family at gmail.com. Please make sure you give us your complete name and address when you call or write. The Family Shield radio program airs on more than 50 radio stations each week throughout the United States and is also available through our podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. We invite your prayers and support. If you'd like to support us, send a gift to Family Shield Ministries. P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. You can also donate on our website 
at www.familyshieldministries.com. Thanks again for listening to Family Shield and for your prayers. Learn more again at www.familyshieldministries.com. This is Kay Meyer, host for today's Family Shield program. Thanks for listening. But this year we added um, what, what, what we call the prayer milestone, and that was for um, five- and six-year-olds, kindergarten and first grade. And um, basically, we again, we invited the families to come for two weeks of discussions during Bible class time. And the first week we did kind of an overview of prayer that honestly I took right out of the catechism. What is prayer? What do we say when we pray? Who do we pray to? Just because I think sometimes families or parents might feel kind of intimidated. Well, I don't really know everything. How can I teach it to my child? So we just kind of went back to the basics. And then we did a Bible study about Anna and Simeon and how they were anticipating and waiting for Jesus. And we talked about the older members of our congregation and the wealth of of spiritual maturity that they have. And so then I challenged each family to find an Anna or a Simeon, a prayer partner for their child, someone of a more mature faith. And so they had a couple weeks to do that. Then the second week we came back and we just um, brainstormed practical ideas, you know, meal prayers, bedtime prayers, um, prayers with crafts, and just stole ideas from every book we could find. And so um, they kind of walked away with this packet of different ways to pray with my child and different ways to teach the Lord's Prayer and different things like that. Then the gift that we gave them was a book that says, I can pray with Jesus, and it is the Lord's Prayer with picture book, you know, with children's pictures on it, and it's just a really neat book. But the real gift that we gave to them was a congregational prayer partner. And so when they came up for, during the worship service, when they came forward, the families, the mom and dad and the children, and then their prayer partner came forward. And, um, you know, we had people of all, all ages up there. So it's an intergenerational experience. Yes, great. And I have heard more about this milestone and it's kind of like, it's not the only one we've done, but I think because it connected, um, with, an, with another whole generation. And so for instance, the, the beautiful woman who's Sydney's, um, prayer partner was just, was just so honored and so touched to be asked to be this prayer partner. And she, um, you know, it's. It, I'm thinking she's doing our family a favor, and then she thinks that you know we're blessing her, and mm-hmm. so um, it just was a really powerful experience. And then the the prayer partners wrote a blessing in the book, and then this time the prayer partners gave the book to the child and said, "I promise to pray for you and your family." Um, you know, for the we did it for one year, but I'm sure these relationships will continue. Oh, sure. And there's a woman in our congregation who's in a wheelchair and kind of feels like, well, I don't really have much to offer, but she was asked to be a prayer partner, and she just called me and said, thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity and mm-hmm. to get to know this family better. And, and so that's just another way to connect the family of God right. and say, you know, one of the promises we make at our baptism is to pray for our children sure. and have people praying for them. So that's yeah. been kind of fun. Wonderful. And you mentioned intergenerational. Yeah. And, and it has been said that the church is one of the only places that intergenerational activities is still occurring mm-hmm. and that it is extremely important, especially in today's world when grandparents aren't always in the same city or town as their grandchildren. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we do a similar thing in confirmation. A few years ago, we added um, confirmation sponsors. That's a very intergenerational connection as well. They're secret sponsors for a while, 
Oh, but, neat. Um, and so the kids are receiving cards and notes oh, and gifts during their confirmation years in seventh and eighth grade, and um, then they get to meet their secret sponsor. And mm-hmm. they, it's usually somebody they don't know. So now it's oh. another con- connection in a congregation. And I've, you know, the feedback I've gotten over years from the people who have been sponsors are that they're staying in contact, that they're following mm-hmm. uh, what's happening with the child they sponsored. Uh, sometimes the, there is a lot of contact in terms of letter writing and phone calls and that kind of thing, or still remembering uh, baptism, birth dates, and uh, birthdays. So that connection isn't necessarily made naturally. Mm-hmm. But it becomes very natural. This is so important. This all of this so important. Krista, go ahead. Well, we do um, that same confirmation prayer. We the, the prayer partners for confirmation youth and and kind of introduce the confirmation kids at the beginning of the year, but then at the end of the year in um, in April, our confirmants still make um, the ba- a banner, and so that's when they meet their prayer partner is right before confirmation. They come the week before, and they have breakfast, and we do some get-to-know-you game, you know, some mixer stuff, and um, and a small Bible study, and then they make this banner together with their with their prayer partner. And then up until recently, it just kind of stopped there. But this year somebody said, well, they just finally met them. You know, why don't we continue that relationship? And so what we're going to do this year is ask those confirmation prayer partners after the the youth have been confirmed, to say, could you commit to one more year? And the next year when we recruit people, ask them to commit to a two-year time period of the cards and the gifts and things like that, So that, but, but to intentionally continue that relationship um, great, more great, specifically. Great. Wonderful stuff. Oh, wow. I love this. I, I just think this is exciting. We had taken something our congregation was already doing um, for, for many years, which was made sure that in second or third grade children got a first Bible. And instead of it being a gift from the congregation, we we made it a, a faith-stepping stone. And for three weeks, uh, families come together, uh, and uh, families, moms and dads and children together, uh, go through the entire Bible, highlighting a key verse from each book of the Bible. And then uh, at the end of that time, uh, they they. They come to church. The parents have written a blessing in the front of the Bible, and the parent uh, presents the open Bible uh, to the child uh, so that it's a gift from the parents rather than a congregation because it's parents who are responsible. But this year, uh, I mean, it's always good. It's always powerful. But uh, this year in the class was uh, a little girl uh, in second grade whose father was dying. And um, he actually... Uh, died before the faith stepping stone, and um, so she wasn't able to get her Bible because I, I think the funeral was that weekend. Mm. But um, what happened was the pastor went to the home to meet with the family, and the family shared that the little girl's request was that the, the one of the verses for the funeral be from the book of Jonah, uh, the verse where uh, Jonah says, "Out of the depths have I cried unto you, O Lord." And um, it was because of that verse being highlighted in the Faith Stepping Stones process. And um, our pastor was kind of blown away. He, he knew that would be a great verse for a funeral, but he never preached a verse, uh, the funeral uh, using that verse uh-huh, before. Uh-huh. And, and that whole verse is all about God uh, intervening, uh, God bringing deliverance, God caring when it seems that all is lost. 
And it was just a wonderful mm-hmm. opportunity to minister to the whole family, to, to celebrate the power of the Word in that family's life. That little girl's witness mm-hmm. touched not only the, the, the process of saying goodbye to her father, but it really dramatically touched all of us. Mm. And I and I guess um, uh, it probably also touched some people outside of the church. And one of the things that I say over and over is, effective family ministry inside the congregation will become an outreach tool. Uh, it just happens because second graders pick a verse for their father's funeral because of a Bible study, and I'm sure that um, he was touched prior to his death by this process and by learning and growing in it. Well, you know, it occurred to me what Krista was talking about with her, uh, the prayer stepping stone or milestone, and that is that, um, you know, one of the real reasons we we thought about this is that whole question of will my children have faith or mm-hmm. will the congregation, mm-hmm. will the children of this congregation or this faith, faith uh, community have faith? Uh, and uh, the answer is yes, but we're also dealing with families who they weren't raised with faith sharing in their home. Yes. So they don't know how to do it. You know, I've had parents say to me, do you think I can teach my own child the Lord's Prayer? <laughs> and um, so basic, basic things that are very easy to share where you, you pull whole families together and you make it easy to say this is something you can take into your home mm-hmm. and you normalize it. So that if they if it wasn't normal in the home that they grew up in, and in more homes than not, it wasn't, it can become a new normal for them. Mm-hmm. And um, it, so it's a teaching process. It's yes, a mentoring it process. Yes, Each one of these stepping stones isn't just about the family blessing the child. It's also about the family learning how mm-hmm. to share the faith in their own home. I think another benefit that comes, as she was talking about connecting to the community, is Families of the of children with the same age say, "Oh, you know, does your daughter mm-hmm. when she does this? What, like a you support know? group? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Some of those families sit together in church, and they they know that they have things in common, and mm-hmm. and that's been a real blessing too. Those friendships that can form out of that time together. I think too. I'm, I'm I've been talking to one of the uh, DCEs in the St. Louis area, and he's trying to develop a mentoring program between families and other families, families that are stronger in their faith with families in the congregation but that maybe aren't attending regularly. I think it's a great challenge and it's exciting. And as Jill mentioned, making it fun, Mm -hmm. making it age appropriate for the child and uh, the times of getting acquainted. That is just criminal. Well, just for our pastors. I mean, what Mm -hmm. this has become for our congregation is it's helped create the flavor of a family-friendly ministry. But it's also incredible pastoral care because yes. you're making contacts with all those age families. Because um, we do, you know, I, uh, after we've contacted the families, I do let um, our pastor and board of elders know these are the families who responded, these are the families who didn't. It just gives us uh, such an opportunity to connect with so many more families on a regular basis, uh, and it makes it less likely that they're going to get lost. This is Kay Meyer, host for today's Family Shield program. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com 
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.